0: And welcome, everybody, to this special edition of the Cliff Notes Podcast, previewing this weekend's Class 3 state championship game. I am Clifton Grooves, and we are getting set for the big game between the Maryville Spoofhounds and the Blair Oaks Falcons, two traditionally good football programs, mixing it up for a Class 3 championship on Saturday. Let's go ahead, let's run down what to expect from this show. We got history on both teams. We got how both teams got here. We got interviews with both Maryville coach Matt Webb and Blair Oaks co- coach Ted LePage. and we got interviews with some media members, including John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum and from the Jefferson City News Tribune. We got Greg Jackson with us. We'll talk to both of those guys. Also, let's go ahead. Let's take a short break. After our break, we'll run down. We'll run down how the Maryville Spoofhounds got here to the Class 3 title game. And welcome everybody back to the special edition of the Cliff Notes podcast where we preview the Class 3 championship game. Let's go ahead, let's run down some history and how Maryville got to the state championship game. The Spoofhounds, they are led by their head coach, Matt Webb, who is in his ninth season at the helm in Spoofhound country. And I'll tell you what, what a Coach Webb dude. Coach Webb went... He took this program and he hit the ground running, winning two state championships and forty-two straight games. That winning streak is third behind the two thousands Platte County teams and the Jeff City teams in the fifties and the sixties. So definitely, like I said, Coach Webb really got the um, hit the ground running as far as those seasons. Maryville didn't lose their first game under Coach Webb until the 2014 season in the quarterfinals where they fell to a really good Oak Grove football team. In 2015, they finished 12-1, and ran into another good Oak Grove football team that unfortunately knocked them out in the quarterfinals. 2016, they finished 14-1, and got back in the state championship game, but ended up losing to Monet in that championship game. How about this? In 2017, Maryville, they finished 13-2 on the season. The first year, Maryville did not win the MEC in that that span. So, Maryville suffered two conference losses. One of them, they were able to repay back in the championship game, in the district championship game against Chillicothe, and they went on to win the state championship over Mount Vernon that season. Maryville in 2018... Finished 11-2, lost in the um, Class 3 class three Semis to Trinity Catholic. So definitely that, another great season for, for the spoofhounds And then in 2019 was the first season they did not win the District Championship. They finished 9-2. Their only losses coming to Blair Oaks in Week 1. And Lathrop on a Hail Mary in the District Championship game in Class 2, District 16. So another great season for Maryville. And then... In 2020, Maryville began the year with a loss to Blair Oaks, 51-8 was the final in that game, and we've talked about it on multiple occasions, you know, that was a different Maryville team than what we see now, very not indicative of what the product Maryville has out there on the field, though. Maryville did rebound, they won their next two games against Harrisonville at a Thriller, which included a power outage in that game, so... 42-40 Forty-two to forty was the final there against Harrisonville, and then they just steamed rolled Chillicothe sixty-two to seven. In week three, week four, on the road at St. Pius, ran into a really really good Warrior team. We didn't know really, you know, back then whether St. Pius was for real. I think after that game, I think we definitely found out they were real. Twenty-six to fourteen was the final there. So, I mean, very very good. another great football team. Maryville lost to St. Pius. Is playing for a state championship right now as we speak. Mariville rebounded. They beat Cameron 27 7. And then on October 2nd, they were scheduled to play Benton, but Benton had to quarantine due to COVID related issues. They went out and they scheduled Odessa on about two days' notice. They lost that game 28 14, but they played right there with the defending class three champion. So definitely. A lot looking up for the Maryville Spoofhounds, even with a 3-3 record. What did Maryville do after that? They went on the road to Lincoln Prep. A very, very good football team. Five or six Division I recruits. They went in and just steamrolled them 49-10. Maryville played probably as good of a game as you could get there. Spoofhounds definitely making a statement at Lincoln Prep, so I thought really that was a big win for them to get back on the horse and then get back to be in Maryville football. They went on the next week at Savannah, won 39-17 to retain the Highway 92 trophy or the street sign. I I think it's a trophy there, but they were able to retain that this year. Still, Savannah never beat Maryville in the Matt Webb era, so definitely congratulations to Maryville on that. And then Maryville ended their season on the road at Lafayette. Well, the 28 to 14 win, so the Spoofhounds won three straight ball games heading into the district, and then on the first round they played Kansas City Northeast, took them out 60 to 20, and then a rematch with Cameron in the district semis. I thought this was going to be a more competitive game. Maryville said nope, blew them out 41 to 13 was the final there, and then Maryville traveled to Richmond. For a district championship game, spoofouts all the all the tough competition they faced all year definitely paid off in these playoffs. They beat Richmond 46 to 14 to win yet another district championship under head coach Matt Webb. They took that momentum into the uh, quarterfinals against Summit Christian, shut them down 35 to nine was the final, and then. In the semifinals, the very first semifinals under Matt Webb that it has been at the Hound Pound, I know that was very, very special to them. Maryville was shutting out Cassville until the fourth quarter where Cassville came out and scored 28 points. It was a crazy ball game. A couple touchdowns, a couple of um, on-site kicks recovered, a reverse pass which led to a touchdown, which gave Cassville the lead. But I'll tell you what. This is where big moments are made. This is where championship programs and players are made. Connor Drake went and led that ball club down the field. And it eventually ended up being a a game-winning touchdown pass to Caden Stockland. Stockland, Which ended up being the um, game-winning score. Which put Maryville on top of Catsville. 30-28 was the final there. And that led to this matchup on Saturday night. Against the Blair Oaks Falcons for another opportunity to win another state championship. I think this is going to be a complete different game. I think everybody in Spoofhound Country thinks so too. And I think Matt Webb probably does think it too. But this is still going to be a very, very tough Blair Oaks team in front of them. We had an opportunity to talk to Coach Webb earlier this week about last week's game against Catsville and another opportunity to play for a state championship. Here's my interview with Coach Webb right now. And we're here on the Clip Notes podcast. We are talking the Class 3 State Championship game this Saturday. We got Maryville Sprufhound Head Coach Matt Webb back with us. Coach, how are you doing?
1: Fantastic. I love the excitement in your voice, and it's exciting to be uh, playing for a state championship. What a season and what a what a semifinal game it was yesterday and uh, just, uh, just a great opportunity to, um, you know, play, uh, play for a state.
0: Well, Coach, let's talk about that game from yesterday. Let's talk about, um, Coach. It was a thirty to twenty-eight win over Cassville. It was just a really, really good football game from first quarter to fourth. So, Coach, just uh, walk us through that ball game.
1: Well, it's uh like you said, it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon to be able to host the state semifinal. Um, two really good programs. I mean, my gosh, you, know, you look at Cassville and, and, and the way they traveled and the way their players played and the the schematics inside in and out throughout the whole football game was just a, it was a chess match between, um, like I said, you know, just a lot of credit to those kids. They played extremely hard and the coaches did a great job. Their community traveled well. I mean, it's kind of a storybook, uh, storybook, uh, small town, I don't know, um, you know, football game on a beautiful afternoon. So um, game started off and, and gosh, we got some, it was a really good defensive battle early, you know, and, and um, you know, to go in, um, at half, up 10 to nothing, you know, our, our defense just against that offense and the, the size and the power of their backs, and, you know, they got they got a running back going to Pittsburgh State as a linebacker, they got um, another really talented big quarterback, and, and they were they were everything we thought they'd be, I mean, they were just big up front, and physical, and, man, our defense just really got stops, you know, and I thought it was really critical towards the end of the second quarter for, uh, for us to go up 10 to nothing at half, you know, and got a field goal from Connor Weiss, and Um, you know, we hadn't kicked the field goal all year, and and it kind of worked out to where I thought we was in range, and um, the kids stepped up. We protected it good, and so to go in 10 nothing half was big, and then, you know, the the second half really unfolded. I thought, um, you know, we did a great job on defense again. Came out, got a stop. Our offense put a great drive together. Went up 17 nothing, and held that lead through three quarters, and then all of a sudden, um, things got crazy in the fourth, and, um, you know, they recovered a couple onside kicks, and we gave up a couple big plays, and you know, that's that's a lot of credit to Cassville. And, obviously, those are mistakes we're not going to uh, – we don't want to make um, in those situations. But um, when the game was on the line, um, we needed to come back and win. And and um, you put your hands on our offense. And, you know, our backup quarterback, uh, Connor Drake, you know, led us down the field with a, with a minute to go. Um, hit, you know, a sophomore wide receiver and, and Caden Steckline on a, on a route combination in the end zone with 11 seconds remaining. Um, I mean, what you know? What type of football story do you want to write where that doesn't become, you know, a reality? And for those kids and our kids to be able to to lose a district championship game last year on that home field, this place is special. And people don't understand that unless you unless you've been here and 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 experienced what those kids have gone through um, to be able to win it and make the plays at the end of the game um, in a state semifinal to advance is was something that um, will never be forgotten.
0: Well, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit more about that final drive, and I want to ask you a little bit more about your, your, the leadership of just your entire team. You know, I feel like, you know, Maryville football, this is a championship-level football program for years now. The leadership of your football team really during that last drive to come back down and win, can you talk about that, That just the leadership of your players on that, dri- on that final drive to win the game?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you, you think of a game of momentum, and, and man, you think of the kids – that um obviously you know Cassville had a great play call reverse pass they hit it for a touchdown and we go down you know for the first time in the football game we were we were behind and there's only a minute something on the clock and and, you know people have asked me you know what did you what did you say to your quarterback what did you say to your offense and and really I didn't say anything you know I I'm blessed to be in a a, a head coach of a program that, that Matt Houchen runs our offense and um I don't I don't really suggest many offensive plays we talk and I talk about alignments and you know, we'll talk in between and say, hey, did you see this? And we kind of work together, but I didn't say anything. I didn't say to Connor. I, you know, the night before Friday night, we had a team me- meeting, and and um, every quarterback from every state championship that's been uh, in, in, in Maryville's history, from 1982, 2009, 2012, 2013, 2017, we, we had a team meeting. Each one of those quarterbacks spoke about um, being a, you know, what what their experience was when, when they won a the state semifinal. And Connor, you know, really, you know, he asked me about the game. That was, that meant something to him from those old those men older than him, just because he kind of got to be a part of that group. You know, he's just a kid that, um, you know, he's very calm, cool, and collected. So I, I guess that last drive, it didn't surprise me a bit. Um, I thought we executed well. You know, we, we got out of bounds when we needed to. We had a screen pass when when the linebackers were dropping. They weren't blitzing. Um, you know, the the play at the end of the game to win it. I mean, obviously the sideline erupts and everything, but. They got, they blew a coverage, you know. They, they blew a coverage, and Connor found him, and, and Caden caught it, you know. And it, it's just an unbelievable feeling. So calm, cool, and collected. That's uh, that's how you go win in the state semifinal.
0: That's a championship-level football program there, Coach. Um, uh, Coach, I want to talk about this trip to state. You guys are back in the state championship game, the fifth appearance of your tenure since you've been at Maryville. You got Blair Oaks coming up in Jeff City this Saturday. So, uh, Coach, I want to talk about just the um the feeling of getting back to the title game, um, the scouting report on Blair Oaks, and um, what can we expect from the state championship game?
1: Well, first of all, Blair Oaks, um, we've got some history with them, with what we've played um, since 2017 in the semifinal down there, and then playing them week one. So obviously there's, you know, some familiarity there, but um, the biggest thing with Blair Oaks is is, uh, that's a, that's a first class program. It's first class operation. Ted LaPage is their head coach. Um, their school district, everything about them is, is class. And um, we got a lot of respect for each other just because of the familiarity we have. And um, it's, it's exciting to be able to play them again. You know, who would have thought, you know, first of all, I, I guess, you know, playing Blair Oaks in the state championship, I don't think anybody would have expected us to be there um, when they beat us 51 to whatever it was in week one. I don't even know. Um, you talk about our group that we formed throughout the season. I mean, it's like storybook, man. It's like like I said about the state semifinal. We, Kidding! you get to go play the team that beat you so bad in week one when you had COVID issues and like, the teams have just changed so much. Um, now they're just as good as they've ever been. My goodness. They can throw the football. They can run the football. Absolutely light out on defense. Like I said, first class operation, we're going to, it's going to take a Herculean effort to go down and beat a Blair Oak squad. But, um, really, you know, it's, it's about these kids. And, and I'm so proud of where we've progressed. Um, uh, play 15 weeks of football in 2020 and not have an open week, not have a, a week where we got, we couldn't play. Um says so a lot of credit to how these kids have fought. And we just got a bunch of tough kids that love each other and love playing. And we got one more week.
0: Well, coach, I want to thank you so much. Every single week, pretty much, you have joined me here on this podcast for all 15 of those weeks. I want to thank you so much for just coming on and being a um, consistent guest all season long here on the podcast and on the free game show. And I want to wish you and your kids good luck as you guys end up with a quest to win a state championship.
1: Thank you, Clifton. What you do for high school football is awesome. I think things like this, anytime we can spread the message is good. Um, like I said, you know, the, the, the deal with playing Blair Oaks is you got two coaching staffs that see the game bigger than just X's and O's Ted LePage is a class act. And I know those kids, um, they play in a class brand of football. So this is going to be one everybody's going to want to watch because this is two, uh, two uh, classy programs that are going to go get after each other for state, and it's an exciting time of the year. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Coach.
0: And thank you so much, as always, to Head Coach Matt Webb of the Maryville Spoof Hats for joining us here on the Cliff Notes podcast. Now let's run down Maryville State Championship history before we have our interview with John Dykstra as we get a clip from him talking about this big game maryville won their very first state championship back in 1982 with a 23 to nothing win over duquesne that was under then head coach mike jordan not the michael jordan of the chicago bulls but mike jordan the former head coach of the maryville spoof House. that was part of maryville's eight state championships appearances with five state titles under their belt and program history in 1996 though They did come up short 44-14 over now-known MICDS out of the St. Louis area. Maryville, it took 12 years for them to get back to the title game as they did in 2008 under Chris Holt. Ended up losing a tough heartbreaker to Clark County, 10-7 there. And then the next year, they got back. They got back to the title game, and they defeated Brentwood 35-0 was the final there. And then these next... Five appearances are all under head coach Matt Webb. In 2012, they defeated John Burroughs, 35-22. little trivia fact for people who didn't know. Who was on that John Burroughs football team? Former Ohio State and current Dallas Cowboy running back Ezekiel Elliott was on that team, one of the leading rushers in the state. That game ended up being defeated by Maryville in 2012. In 2013, Maryville got back to the title game, all part of of their 42-game winning streak, they were able to beat Seneca 50-28. And then in 2016, they got back against Monet. Spoofouts unfortunately, fell on the wrong side of this one, losing 27-18. to And then the next year, they got back. They faced Mount Vernon. Spoof took care of their business. 47-9 was the final there. And this weekend's game against Blair Oaks, like I said, will mark Maryville's eighth appearance for a quest for a fifth championship. Now, I did mention that we did have an opportunity to talk to John Dykstra of the Maryville Forum. He broke down this game with us in a little short segment. Here, here, are John Dykstra's thoughts on this ball game in Jeff City.
2: Yeah, these two teams are they're they're kind of like conference opponents in a way. They played each other every year for the last four years. Um, Maryville won a state semifinal game a couple years back. Um, and then they played that kickoff classic the last two years. And uh, Blair Oaks has won each of those. So it's a, it's a uh, interesting game from that standpoint, as in these two teams are very familiar with each other, what each other do. Um, the tough part for Maryville is that RPO that Blair Oaks runs. Uh, the Hare brothers, it started with uh, Nolan Hare a couple years ago. And his little brother, Dylan Harris, now taking over uh, that quarterback spot. And he just gets the ball out quick, makes plays, um, throws the ball all over the place in that, in that very quick, uh, almost pro-style um, offense. It's kind of similar to what, what you'd see with uh, with the Mahomes or back when uh, Doug Peterson had the uh, the Eagles roll in there with the RPO style. Yeah, I like the sweatshirt, by the way. Um but the uh it's that's the main uh that's that's what they do and Maryville's had trouble in the past stopping that. They certainly had trouble week one, like you said, they were without guys like Caden Steckline, Connor Weiss, uh Blake Castillo is the best lineman on both sides. Um they were without a lot of guys in that game. And that's what the Blair Oaks, uh being in the press box for that one, um their radio team and some of their administrations were saying boy, Maryville's just down this year. They're not, they're not very good. They didn't realize that the whole team was out with quarantine and I wasn't going to be the one to break it to them, but they were just, uh, they were, they were kind of down on them, but now, now we get the rematch 15 weeks later and, uh, it'll be interesting. I think the key is how much that offensive line has grown. Um, when I was talking to Matt Webb earlier today, I said, uh, the difference in he's been comparing this team to the, uh, to the 17 team for a couple of weeks now, and in my opinion, the difference in that team had been that offensive line was dominant, and this one has been a little up and down this year. Well, they've been dominant the last few weeks, um, so if they can find a way to control the line of scrimmage, I think it's a it's a cliche, but that's where this game's going to be won. Is in the trenches. Um, whoever in control the line of scrimmage. will win this game and I think despite the score of week one that Maryville has a a good chance of being able to find a way to do that and um and if people are expecting the same score of week one they are they are going to be incorrect I believe and this will be a a good game with both teams find both teams having chances to win it late in my opinion.
0: Thank you so much to John Dykstra of the Maryville Forum for joining us. You can check out John's work on the forum; definitely check that out. Definitely put some great work in there. So let's move on to Maryville's opponents for the state championship game on Saturday night. That would be the Blair Oaks Falcons. And Blair Oaks is a little familiar with teams here in the Northwest Missouri area, as they've played some of our teams' first state championships over the past several years, starting in 2004 with their very first appearance. They played a Drew Newhart and Eric Anderson-led Cameron Dragon team, which Blair Oaks won that game 27-26. Was the final there? You know who else was on that Cameron team? Current maybe candidate coach Aaron Fritz. He's in a state championship game this Saturday in Class 1. In 2006, Blair Oaks got back to the title game, winning another title over Hogan Prep in Kansas City, 32-24. And then in 07, they got back for a second straight year. Ended up losing to a Joe avoid led Lawson team. 38-17 was the final there. Now, Blair Oaks had about a five-year stretch before they would get back to the title game. And around this time when they got back, they were facing a Lamar team who pretty much was dominant in Class 2. Still one of the dominant programs in the entire class they fell to Lamar 69 to 41 was the final in 2012. In 2013, they matched up with Lawson, again. Seven years later, they matched up. Cardinal still came out on top, 28 to 14. And then in 2018, two years ago, Blair Oaks won another title. They got matched up against Lathrop, who had a really really good crop of players. But the Mules, no match for Blair Oaks. They won. Um, Falcons won that game. Fifty-four to nothing. This weekend's game against Maryville. That is six appearances for Blair Oaks in the title game, and they are looking for their fourth title in eight in seven seasons. So definitely a good achievement there for Coach Ted LePage and his program there. So let's take a look at Blair Oaks' 2020 season. Like I mentioned with Maryville, they began by beating the Spurfounds fifty-one to eight, and then in the next three games, Blair Oaks moved on to four and zero. By beating Knob Noster, California, and Boonville. In a COVID-scheduled game, Blair Oaks traveled to Valley Catholic for a game on short notice, kind of like Blair Oaks, kind of like Maryville did against Odessa. Blair Oaks did the same thing a week earlier against Valley Catholic, who moved to Class 3 from Class 1 this season. They ended up losing a tough game, 35-28 was the final in that game. Definitely with almost no practice to no practice at all, Blair Oaks still kept up really good with a very, very talented Valley Catholic football team. And the next several weeks, Blair Oaks went on to beat Eldon, Hallsville, Southern Boone, and Osage to close out their playoff run there. So, that ended up moving them with an 8-1 and one record. That would give them a first-round bye and their district, Blair Oaks, began the playoffs by defeating Boonville 54-14 to and then taking home a district championship over Centralia 60-14. And the quarterfinal game matched up against one of the best teams in the entire state in Lutheran North. I think Greg Jackson told me um, in an interview, um, he told me there were about 5 or 6 D1 players, maybe 7 for Lutheran North that were playing in that game. Luther North did hold a lead at halftime, nine to seven, and then after half, it was pretty much Blair Oaks. After that, forty-four to nine was the final. There, Falcons prevailed, and then in the semifinals, Blair Oaks took on a very talented Cardinal Ritter football team. Ended up winning fifty-five to forty-six to move on to this weekend state championship game. That was a very, 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 very nice high-scoring affair. We did have an opportunity to talk for the very first time with Blair Oaks head coach Ted LePage. Him and I got to know him, his ball club, talked about his players, talked about his season, and a look ahead to this weekend state championship game against the Spoof Hats. Here's our interview with Falcon coach Ted LePage, and that starts right now. And we're here on the Clip Notes podcast. We are continuing our preview of the class three state championship game this saturday at jefferson city we got the head coach of the blair oaks falcons with us that is ted lepage coach how are you doing
3: man i'm doing awesome it's a exciting week but a taxing week it it uh, it's kind of like the 2020 season as much as you enjoy coaching football the the situations that surround us make it harder and harder to make a make it an easy transition. So each day seems to be a, a task, but we we try to get safely through today and get safely to tomorrow.
0: Absolutely, I'm definitely very grateful. We are at this point right now playing for state championships. So um, coach, um, before we get into your team and start getting into the um, title game preview, I wanna know a little bit more about you. Um, who Coach LePage is, um, how you got into coaching and um, how you got here to Blair Oaks?
3: Well, it, it's funny you say that. Uh, Many years ago, I, I walked on at University of Missouri and actually uh, made it. Ended up becoming a starting safety, and in my senior year of college, uh, was playing with uh, the team that just got taken over by Bob Stolstaff. staff. And I was on the field, and I, I defended a pass, and a guy by the name of Dirk Cutter, who was a coach. He's been the head coach. Of the, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here recently, he's the offense coordinator, was a 29 year old offense coordinator at Missouri. And I knocked a pass down. He came out and explained to the DB or to the receiver what he had done wrong. And uh, I looked at him and he looked at me and I, he said, what are you looking at? I said, well, now I know, and I'm going to pick it next time you throw that. And I remember my best friend at the time was starting linebacker was Darren McDonald. Came up and now we're talking this 1989, so different transitional period. He goes, You just mouth the coach. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize Dirk Cutter liked that so much. And uh, after season was over, he came up to me and he said, Hey, I'd like for you to be my graduate assistant. And I was a dairy farmer. Born and raised a dairy farmer in Russellville, Missouri, just outside Jefferson City. And I was like, uh, okay, what, what does that mean? I, don't, I, I didn't know it was a coveted position. I had no idea. I was so naive. I talked to my parents about it, and I went back, and they said, hey, they're going to pay for my master's if I do this. What do you all think? And I go, well, what do you want to do? And I'm, well, I'm just going to come back home and farm with you all. And they're like, why don't you go do that for a couple more years and see what else is out there? And I spent two years working as a graduate assistant with uh, Dirk. And then also Andy Reed was the old line coach on that staff. Dave Tobe, who was, was in my wedding as a special teams coordinator, uh, was a strength conditioning coach. And I got to be around those guys and I got to see how much fun it was to coach and how professional and how good those guys were. But I also didn't like the recruiting part of it. So that's when I got decided to go back and Hey, I'm, I'm just going to be a high school coach and try to do this a little different way because I, I enjoy my family more than I enjoy being football. And uh, I want to be a, I want to be a family man first. And that allowed me to, to kind of hit both. it, it Weeks like this, I don't get to see my family much, but uh, you don't have to recruit. You don't have to do the other things that uh, the college and pro coaching allows you to do. And you get, get a great relationship with young people. So I, I enjoy every day coming to work and being around these, these uh, young guys that want to want to see how to, first of all, work, and then second of all, how to prepare for life.
0: Well, Coach, um, I want to talk about this Blair Oaks football team just overall in the grand scheme of things. You know, ever since you guys made your state championship, your first state championship, compared in 2004, um, this has been a team that's either been in the title in the title game, been a state champion, or right there in the hunt. Can you just um, talk about really just the consistency of Blair Oaks football just since that time?
3: Well, in 2001, I took this program over, and it was uh, the it was known as a football or a basketball and baseball school, and everybody told me I was crazy. You know, don't go out there, don't do that. It's about six miles south of Jefferson City, and it was a, a rural community, hardworking people, just a lot like Maryville. You know, just just people that uh, put their put their lunch pails in their hand and put their hard hats on and go to work every day, and that's what our community is about. Uh, as we grew and we started to learn how to play football and they, they start to get better, the community just grasp the attention. That the football team brought and and brought that hard hat lunch pail mentality and that kind of just formulated and the community has grown, but not not extensively like large, but it, it has become just a community that uh, enthralls everything that goes on at the school. And I, I I talk with Coach Webb a lot, and I think we, we kind of emulate not he and I, but our communities uh, emulate each other in the fact that it, it's high school sports are important, but high school kids are important. And there's a difference. And a lot of, I've been in a different school where high school sports were important, high school kids were important, but they weren't important together. There wasn't an interlocking process. And here there's an interlocking process that allows everybody to want to be part of something in this school. And that community involvement starts not only with the administrators of our school, but it goes out into the community itself. And for example, I did this Friday and Saturday, I, I we're going to eat like, I've never seen kids eat before because everybody wants to comfy. Everybody wants to be part of it. Everybody wants to feel part of it. And as much as you appreciate that, you don't appreciate it enough of how special a time it is. And I think that's part of the the, the probably secret formula at Blair Oaks is each year, each player wants to experience that. And so they do everything they can in the off season to get back to this point. It doesn't mean you're going to get there, but you're at least going to put into work. And that's something that our community is involved with.
0: Absolutely. Um, Northwest Missouri football has really seen a little bit of Blair Oaks here and there since 2004. Um, you know, the 04 title game against Cameron, which you guys won. Um, the 2007 game against Lawson. Again, in 2013 against Lawson. Um, Lathrop in 2018. You know, Maryville, you guys have played them in the regular season the past several years. Um, talk about really just your thoughts on the Northwest Missouri football scene as a whole.
3: Well, in 2004, when we first played Cameron, I remember watching film of Cameron and Eric Thomas was the head coach and Eric is a, is a phenomenal football coach, phenomenal man also, but watching their film and, and all be it, you know, you feel like you're, you've got a good team. You start watching, you start watching the physical hard nature presence that, uh, Northwest Missouri football brings and you know that, that whole area up there is there, there's a toughness brand of football. When I, when I really think about it, I correlate it to the to kind of like the big 10, you know, when you think of big 10, you just think of great coaches who get their players to play hard and they're going to bring the wood every time they the ball is snapped. And that that's something that has been consistently I've seen since 2004 with viewing Northwest uh Football is just the physical nature. Uh, I had the privilege of of having my son play quarterback for Pittsburgh State University, so got to watch Northwest Missouri State play several times, and he got the quarterback against them. And just same type of mentality. You can see it's just it's 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 a mentality, and and I think Northwest Missouri and and camp and com, uh, encompasses that very very proud proudly, but also it, it's scary when you're uh, from south missouri and you see that you're like and they, they bring something every week and if you don't bring it they're going to bring it to you and they're going to let you know they're bringing it to you not in an arrogant way but you're going to see it down in and down out and uh very much respect for that area of the state and what the coaches do seems like he got great coaches up in that area and, and that's something that is truly remarkable to have so many great coaches in such an area
0: absolutely definitely so um uh... Let's get to know your football team a little bit. Uh for those who really haven't seen you, there's gonna be some people that are going to see your football team for the first time on um, Saturday, either on it either in live in person in Jeff City or on a stream on mission.tv. Coach, um, let's just talk about some of your players. Who are gonna be some of the players that really stand out to you that people that you you really want people to know about?
3: Well, the name that uh, everybody kind of recognizes across the state in class two and class three football is the Hare family. We started with Jordan Hare and then we had Nolan in the 2018. Dylan is the youngest brother and he uh, and, and came in as a freshman and was in a competition with two other guys and actually ended up winning the battle. And it's been starting since his freshman year. And he's in and out and, and, you know, last game of the sophomore season. And most people would say, okay, well, you played a freshman, you played a sophomore out of necessity, and we did not. We had two other really good quarterbacks, and we still do. They're both seniors, and they both play linebacker for us. They both started linebackers, but both of them could probably start for majority of teams. Dylan's got a, a great sense of being quarterback and how to play quarterback. But he's incredibly athletic. Uh, his two older brothers were great, were great quarterbacks. And everybody probably who's seen them would would witness that. Dylan has what Noel and his brother that I got to coach two years ago has told me he got the freaky athletic ability the other two didn't get. He has some athletic ability. That you can't coach and uh great players overcome bad coaching every day and i get to witness that with him (laughs) because he's a great player he'll be a guy that will really stand up and you'll go wow when you watch him because he's he's a duck and now why i say he's a duck you know that duck on the water you see him, they're all calm and it just looks like the ducks just never anything bothers you know that feet's going under the water like crazy but a duck on top of the water he's the same guy every play He doesn't speak much. He's very, very low key, but you know that entire internal fire is burning. And he's got 1,000 yards rushing. He's got almost 3,000 yards passing. He's just an incredibly conjunctive player also. And, and again, the the duck mentality, I think, was probably instilled with him within his two older brothers and his dad. Nothing bothers him. Uh, then on the other side, our running back has really just started to take off these last couple of weeks. And Jaden Purdy, we knew we had a good running back, but everybody talks about our prolific passing. Jaden, the last two weeks has just been a force for us. Uh, he's able to get inside. He's powerful. He's not real big. He's about five nine, hundred eighty five, hundred ninety pounds, but he runs through stuff. And the past two weeks has really been a catalyst for us carrying the football. Our our receiving core, we've got four receivers that can really go get the ball, but the main one that people talk about is Jake Clauser, is an All-State returning receiver. He had an older brother play several years ago that uh, started at uh, Lincoln University, but uh, Jake, great hands, great route runner fantastic athlete. And again, a constant guy who thinks things through, he'll actually come over to the sidelines or be out on the field. And he'll signal a play that he thinks is going to work and 90% of the time it does. Carson Pringer, we have on the other side, both of those two have 55 receptions apiece. And Carson has been a two-time All-State safety for us. This year has really stepped up in the receiving game. He's a 315 pound hand cleaner, 435 pound squatter, six through six 185, 190 pounds and can just flat play. When a receiver plays, you think, okay, well, they just catch the ball. He is so good at blocking. And the other thing is his run after after the catch is extraordinary because it's so hard to bring him down. So those are the guys that stand out. Uh, We have a, a really young offensive line, two sophomores, three juniors, but they have started every game, and they have progressively gotten better this year. And we're real excited about the future with our offensive line.
0: Definitely, let's talk, about, let's talk about some of the defense, you know, the defensive line, linebacker, secondary, you know, who are going to hey, get some of the
3: guys there. Our defense all starts with Riley Kneecamp, who's our nose guard. He is a two-time All-State player. He is a force inside. He's not real big again. He's about 5'9", 5'10", 195 pounds, but he's a 475-pound squatter. He's a 350-pound hang cleaner, and he is fast. Uh, really an, enjoy watching Riley every day because he's that guy that emulates exactly the hard hat lunch lunch pail mentality. But it's hard to let him practice against our center every day because he's so physical and so fast. We have to really limit how we, we participate with him. But to, he, he makes it go. You've got to account for him. And uh, he, he's just a, a really, really good football player. Our two linebackers, Kate Stockman and Levi Haney, are really constant players. They're first cousins. They think alike. They act alike. They they it's I, I don't think I've ever had two linebackers study film more than they have. They think the thing game through before the game. But then Levi was uh took fourth in state in wrestling last year. So a really, really good sure tackler. And we appreciate that him. Carson Bax, Nico Canale, two of our other D-linemen that are both seniors, both started multiple games. Carson's playing at an all-state level right now. He's really doing a good job. He's long. He's uh athletic, could probably start for us if we played a tight end we don't play with the tight end. So he really does a good job at the D-line position and helping us. Two outside linebackers are Ian Nolf and uh, Gavin Weckenberg. Both do a good job setting the edge. And then Jake Klosser turns around and plays corner for us. And then Carson Pringer plays safety. And then we also have a, a corner and, and uh, um, oh, um, this, the other safety is uh, uh, Kobe Marble. And then we also have Oh gosh, his name's slipping at me right now and I'm, 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 upset about it, but our cor- other corner has done an awesome job for us. So, uh, we're really, uh, really blessed to have, uh, you know, a, a bunch of players out there who are starting nine seniors on the defensive side. So they take a lot of pride in that defense.
0: Definitely. let's talk about the regular season, you guys, um, eight and one in the regular season coach, just, um, Go through very quickly, just um, just give your thoughts on your guys' regular season before we get to the playoffs.
3: Well, starting off, we start off with Maryville and that was a game we were uh, really nervous about because of just the tradition of Maryville and how hard they play and how good a job that Coach Webb and his staff do. They're going to come in and they're going to have every stone unturned. They're going to know everything you do. And and I thought we got off to a good start in that game. Uh, We we played well, but we didn't play great. You know, we were missing a couple kids in that game because of the situations with the COVID early on. So then we got those guys back and we started to really integrate into our season. We felt really good about where we are headed. And then we went and took a game on a Thursday at 2.30 St. Genevieve Valley. Uh, called and we had one of our conference schools decided we're going to play us and we had a a meeting point of union which is about an hour and 45 minutes for us and about an hour and 46 minutes for them would have been perfect called the school and valley said we won't play anywhere but saint genevieve valley and so i looked at our superintendent looked at our athletic director and said we're going to saint genevieve valley somebody's going to challenge we're going down there man let's go take this on and I had several coaches call me and they're like, you're going down to a 15 time state champ playing at their plays with no practice. And I said, well, we're going to go find out what our team's made of. Our team went down there and fought their hearts out. It was an incredible playoff like atmosphere. Uh, we ended up not coming out with the victory. We were in a position to win it. And uh, it was a great learning experience for our players because we talked about the process to win a football game isn't walk out on Friday night. And we've actually brought that up this week, that the process doesn't start on Saturday. The process starts the week before. And if you don't have a process in getting to the game, you're not going to get there. And I think that kind of changed our framework. It also put a little edge to us because the players knew that you could lose the game. And then as the season wore on, we just started to really get on a roll. We started to feel where we were strong. I think that was where Valley pointed out, OK, these are the things we need to do. Let's do these and let's get better at it. And since then, we've uh, really elevated our play. In the past couple of weeks, we've just seen our team continue to progress.
0: Coach, now we're going to move on to the playoffs. Now, obviously, you guys won a district championship with a victory over Centralia. And then you moved on and played a really, really good Lutheran North football team. You guys were able to pretty much dominate them. And then um, I would call pretty much a shootout against Carter Ritter on last Saturday. So, Coach, just quickly just go through your guys' playoff run up to this.
3: Well, we had to start with Boonville. And if if you don't follow much of, of mid-Missouri football, Boonville has a young man that's uh, already been offered by 17, 18, I think now, Division One FBS schools. He's been offered lately by Notre Dame, by Missouri. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a dominant defensive end. So going in and having to play them again, and they have four other players that have college-like ability, was very nerve-wracking. We took advantage of uh, a good first quarter against them and this continued to roll. Went up against a very good Centralia team whose only loss was to Palmyra in the last second. Palmyra just got beat by um, St. Pius this past weekend in the playoffs. So very, very physical very hard-nosed team we were able to get out again get a great start and then just just kind of continue to move luther north was a whole different kind of uh game it was a very tight game we were up seven three heading into half made a bad choice on a late very very bad coaching error on my part to try to, to do something late instead of going in with the lead. Got a interception returned by a, re, a DB that's going or has been re, being recruited by Clemson. So, hey, real smart, let's throw it and Guy that's being recruited by Clemson. And he uh, picked six it and put it up nine, seven and a half. Came in and we didn't panic. Uh, came in and talked to our players, so it's nine, seven. They've got seven division one guys. Hey, we're playing with them. We're stopping them. We, we weren't moving the ball on us. So, Let's, let's just let's go out and play. This is, this is the time of the year. It was rainy. It was cold. It was nasty. I said, hey, this time the teams get remembered. And we came out in the second half and just really dominated the second half, which was surprising to me because of the ability they had. Our players just wanted to play. They just wanted to keep playing. And we ended up with a, a nice victory. And then going down to Cardinal Ritter, uh, Maryville probably remembers two years ago when they went down and visited uh, Trinity Catholic. You're going down, you're, you're going in, into a, a really unique setting because we're small town football like you're small town football you go to big city there's not as many fans there's not as much um hoopla i would say and so it's kind of a a, a surreal like atmosphere because we are on the sidelines no fans behind us there's no energy you're you're just basically having to create everything yourself and and we played well and i i, I feel like uh we didn't play our best defensively. We gave up 46 points, and that was a lot of points to give up. Now, albeit they had some guys. They had some guys that can make you look really silly in space, but we got to play defense better than we did. I think our, our defense was very upset when we watched films. We watched films on Monday. We gave them Sunday off. We watched films on Monday, and our defense was very upset with the, the – not the effort, I think, but just the execution of the way we play defense because that's not been our our mojo. Our mojo since we've been here is we want to play good fundamental defense. So our uh, our practice is going to be a little bit more electric, I think, this week on the defensive side because they, they just didn't feel like that was a good taste in their mouth, albeit we won the game and we beat a very, very, very talented football team, but we want to play better defense than what we played last week.
0: Well, definitely, your defense will definitely get the opportunity to improve on last week. Yeah, we got the state championship game this Saturday, 6 o'clock, a rematch with the Maryville Spookhounds. Just, uh, Coach, uh, your scouting report as far as Maryville, and um, what can we expect from this football game on Saturday
3: night? Well, I, you're going to expect a bloodbath war, and I don't. I hate to use both those terms because it isn't a bloodbath, and it's not war, but it, it is going to be a battle of two really physical football teams. I know that we normally get the mantra of going with us that we're a finesse team because we throw the ball so much, but we're not. We're, you know, if anybody knows my background I was a dairy farmer. I, my dad was a construction worker. I was a wrestler. You know, we're going to be that team that tries to bring more physicality than you do and and coach webb when you watch coach webb and all those coaches and the, the the maryville tradition that that is one thing that i love when i turn on a film and watch them here we come and we're going to be bigger and badder than you are and i i love that mentality and so we try to replicate that. Now, whether we can or not, I don't know, because they are, they're being so well coached. They're, they're not making mistakes. You never see them have penalties. You never see them turn the ball over. You never see them have a special team error. They never, have, you know, it's all the things that a winning team does. They don't beat themselves. Uh, and uh, it's one of the things that we have tried to really do this season is let's cut down, no penalties, no negative plays and let's not turn the ball over. And that's been a a big plus for us this year, but our players started that last December. So I I think this is gonna be one of those classic games where you're gonna sit there at the end. going to be a lot of people chewing on their fingernails and and biting their fingers because it's gonna be a, a really unique football game with both of us having a tradition of playing so much over the past four or five years, and then being able to start the season and end the season I see nothing but great things out of them and and it's something that we really are going to have to pay attention to because they're gonna bring as good a football team as we played this year.
0: Absolutely. Two traditionally great football teams, you know, two traditional programs. So um Coach LePage, I want to thank you so much for taking time with me, coming on the podcast and um talking about your football team and um good luck to you guys as you guys play for a state championship on Saturday.
3: Buddy, we'll we'll take all the luck we can get. Thank you.
4: And a
0: huge thank you to Falcon Coach Ted LePage for giving me the opportunity for, to talk about him and his kids and talk about their football program. I know it was a little bit of a long interview, but it was very, very informative. Definitely a great conversation between Coach Ted LePage and I here on the Cliff Notes podcast. Now, I did mention, though, that we do have some media. So another media member that we were able to secure for this, for this Class 3 preview is the assistant sports editor, of the jeff city news tribune that is greg jackson here is a clip of him talking about this weekend's state championship game in his neck of the woods in jefferson city
4: you're right i I know there have been people around here who are like oh you know they won 51-8 so blair should have no problem winning that right no no absolutely not what people forget is um you know maryville uh, they, they i believe they dressed less than 30 players for that game because of quarantine issues um and not only that on top of that you know their their starting quarterback Ben Walker um you know late in the first half if i remember correctly he he was also serving as their punter and tried a rugby style punt and goes down with a severe season-ending season-ending knee injury And you're thinking, I I remember thinking at halftime, like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing that could happen to Maryville because my fear was that that was going to derail their season. And apparently, I I really don't know anything because this, you know, number 15 Drake Connor has played fantastically. Uh, You know, I I think I made a reference to somebody, and it might not be the most accurate reference, but almost played out kind of like, you know, T.C. Williams High School from Remember the Titans movie. Where you know their starting quarterback, you know Rev injures his wrist in week three, and here comes Sunshine, and he has to you know he steps in, he fills in, and does a great job keeping their season undefeated. That to me that speaks volumes when you have a backup. Don't get me wrong, Maryville's got several other great players, but when you have a when your backup quarterback can lead you to the state championship game, that speaks volumes of what he's able to accomplish. Um, The one thing that I do remember from that season opener. And, and I know the final score was lopsided, but it was a close game until early in the second quarter. You know, Blair Oaks scores on its first possession, which was a, a really long possession. And I believe they scored on a five-yard touchdown pass on fourth and goal. Um, so if, if that's an incomplete pass, they, the game may be a different story. Maryville then busts loose for a long play. I believe it was a long pass play. Got in the red zone and then fumbled near the 10-yard line. And to me, that was the game-changing play. It was 6 nothing at that point. If Maryville scores, they either tie or take the lead. And it it may be a back and forth battle all the way through. I really felt that Blair Oaks getting that turnover and then scoring after that really, I mean, it it seemed to be a moment that kind of deflated, you know, the the energy from Maryville. And, And, I mean, I think Blair Oaks ended up with six touchdowns in the second quarter alone. So, it, it, yes, it will be a different ball game. Uh, you know, I, Maryville's got all the confidence in the world. I know Blair Oaks is, you know, as you mentioned, twelve and one, but Maryville's won eight in a row. And if you look at Maryville's three losses, uh, they were the three very good teams. By the way, two of them are playing for state championships this week, and the other one was to Odessa, which, as you alluded to, I, I thought I was really I thought that would have been a great rematch in the quarterfinals. But unfortunately, Odessa had to forfeit their district championship game due to COVID, which is you know led to Maryville playing Summit Christian in the quarterfinals. I, I thought that would have been one heck of a ball game. Uh if Odessa and Maryville were to play again, but um you know, tip your hat off to Maryville. They they've overcome so much adversity just to get to this point. I think this should be a very exciting contest.
0: And a huge thank you to Greg Jackson from the Jefferson City News Tribune for giving us the opportunity to talk with him about Blair Oaks football. So That will actually conclude our preview of this weekend's Class 3 State Championship game. Now, the last thing I always leave off with is how can you watch, how can you listen to this game? Of course, you know, if you want to watch it via stream, you can watch it on Misha.tv. If you purchase the Class 3 Championship game, you get all the other state championship games with it for just $15. $15. I think it's up $15.75 with tax for $2.25 a game. You get every single state championship game for your $15. So definitely, if you're a fan of Class 3 football and you want to dip your toe, for example, in a Class 6 football, you have an opportunity to do that with your $15 there. So definitely do that on Misha.tv. If you want to listen to the radio, you can catch it on 97.1 The Ville Always, They always have every single Maryville game on the radio there. Jeff Kahn and those guys always do great work there. So definitely lots of ways you could catch this ball game on Saturday night. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Coach Matt Webb and th- of Maryville. I want to thank also Ted Page of Blair Oaks. Also John Dykstra of the Maryville Forum. And from the Jefferson City News Tribune, Greg Jackson. I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast and contributing to this preview. And I wish both teams... Good luck this weekend as you guys play for a class 3 state championship. I will definitely be there. It's going to be a fun ball game. Definitely check it out on mission.tv or on the radio 97.1 The Ville. Definitely check it out. Until then, take care everybody.